hello and welcome back to another episode of Force Proximity. I'm Jonathan and of course with me is Megan. This week we have The Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood. Hazelwood. I wrote it down this time. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I wouldn't forget her name. You paused and then you looked up at me, so I wasn't yeah, sure if you needed assistance was, on that one. It was for effect. Because I actually have it this time. I'm sorry. I ruined the effect you, no, as usual. No, you didn't. It's okay. Fine. It was it was nice harmonizing of her last name between the two of us. <laughs> so there you go. All right. So we are back to having trivia. Yes. It's been a long time. Yeah. Since we've had trivia. I know. Like really long time. And I won't say it's my favorite part, but I really do look forward to it. Yeah. It's hard to find good trivia sometimes. It's pertinent to whatever we're It doesn't have to be pertinent, reading. though. People like trivia. Okay. All right. Well, speaking of that, let's get started. This is from readersdigest.com, and it's 12 science trivia questions people always get wrong. So this will be pertinent. Yeah. So what weighs more, a pound of feathers or a pound of gold? What? Really? People get this wrong? It's the same. You might think that this is a trick science trivia question, but if you guessed that they weigh the same, you're wrong. Okay, then they need to find a different word than a pound. Yes. <laughs> a pound of feathers weighs more. Why? Gold is weighted in the Troy measurement system. Therefore, when you convert them both to a uniform, uniform system, a pound of gold weighs approximately... 173.24 grams and a pound of feathers approximately 453.59 grams. You know what that is? Quibbling. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the Troy scale. <laughs> well, that that's also like in in actual words, that's called quibbling. Yeah. Yeah, that's dumb. All right, what mountain peak is farthest from the center of the earth? Oh. This is probably Do I have a trick question. No, there's no. Mountain Mount Peak. You're not going to get it because I've never heard of this mountain. Can I get a, a continent it's on? South America. Uh, no, I don't know anything down there. Okay, it's not Everest, as well, many people would think. That's not South America. I I know. <laughs> I'm just paraphrasing their oh, first sentence. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, the peak of Chimborazo in great name in Ecuador is the farthest from the center of the earth. Great Why? name. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Chimborazo. Um, the center actually bulges at the equator because it's constantly spinning. Oh, that's cool. Since Chimborazo sits on the top of the equator and Right on its bulge, its peak is the farthest from the Earth's core. Okay. So I that's not quibbling to me. That actually That's not is, quibbling. That's... Yeah. That's worded well. Okay. At what time... Wait. Yes. At oh, okay. At one time, did people believe that the Earth was flat? Now I'm questioning all of my, <laughs> all of my answers to these. Did people actually believe it? Yeah. I don't know. Probably not. Uh, this basically just says that that's wrong, but it doesn't. It says click here to find out why. And I'm not, I'm not mm. clicking there. It's something about. We'll take your word for it. <laughs> in the early Middle Ages, 
Some people said the world was flat. It's probably, you know, it's probably something in literature that nobody actually thought. It was a headline that people only read. Exactly. <laughs> That's what that was. I mean, people still think the earth is flat. Some of them. Probably more now than ever. Probably. <laughs> okay. Uh, next question. How long is the memory of a goldfish? <sighs> Am I sure? I think in seconds, minutes, hours. I don't know. Most people say it's a three-second memory. I will give you that. <sighs> I heard eight seconds. I don't know. It's actually several days. How do they know this? They probably study them, and I'm like, sure that they... yeah, they they ran through several tests that use western blots and southern blots and. Mm. They just <laughs> whatever lanyard. They they probably look at their their um routine, their daily routine, yeah, and places they remember to go. I no, I think they would have to design a course. Yeah, because all science needs to be testable. That's true. Goldfish have a classical conditioning learning procedure, meaning that when they're given food in association with another object, they remember the two together. And that memory can last for days. Well, there we go. I should have read the whole answer. Okay, um, this is a good one. How many senses do humans have? Taste, touch, smell, feel. That's touch. touch taste, touch, smell, sight, hearing. And is there a trick one that I don't know? Yeah, there's not five senses. There's um, um, neurologists identify nine or more. Okay. Not including extrasensory, like, you know, paranormal senses. Oh. Not including those. So, yes, touch, taste, smell, sight, hearing. But there's also multiple senses within each of these five senses that are their own thing. Oh. They're called the somatic senses, which oh, are the so, per perception of heat is a sense. So like for taste, be like umami, sweet, sour. Mm. High pitch, low pitch. I don't think, I think that's more of a breakdown. Okay. Under the umbrella of, yeah, I don't know. Um, so perception of heat, pain, and pressure. Another is the organic. Another is the organic sense, which is the sense of your internal condition, such as hunger or thirst. Um, and I've also heard that there's like equilibrium is sort of a sense or your 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 place in. Uh, in a locale. OK, I think your perception. Yeah, proprioception. Is what that's called, I think, in mm -hmm. terms of kids, you know, uh, kids therapy. You get yeah. proprioceptive input. Um, <laughs> can sharks get cancer? Yes. Yeah, I would think so. The answer to this is yes. And no, they cannot cure cancer. Hmm. Okay, unfortunately, many people still believe that shark cartilage can cure cancer. I was imagining sharks in a lab doing... <laughs> Jeez Louise. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Well, when I hear sharks curing cancer, I'm thinking about sharks with their little lab goats and like pouring things from one beaker to the next. My God. <laughs> I like who would think sharks could cure cancer? Uh... <laughs> this is why I'm a slow reader. I like I don't I even know where to go have with to that. erase that. <laughs> erase that visual you thought too implant. literally I always think literally um mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay what color is your blood when it's inside your body purpley blue okay if you look down at your veins you'll most likely answer blue to this question well that's wrong it's actually dark red Many people think that blood is blue inside the body, but once it's exposed to oxygen outside the body, it turns red. However, even when deoxygenated, blood contains hemoglobin, which is a red protein. Therefore, the blood inside your body is red. Your veins just look blue because of the way they reflect light. So, And if you have a yellow skin tone, your veins look green. Purpley blue is not that far off from dark red. But it's really just red. <laughs> so I'm right. Who 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 spread that rumor around that blood is blue and Because your body? you look at it and well, it looks dumb. blue. So they figure it's blue inside of you and no one ever said bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> uh can lightning strike the same place twice? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. Lightning strikes the earth over 1.5 billion times a year. Many places that are susceptible to getting struck by lightning, such as tall buildings, utility poles, or trees, get struck multiple times a year. One example is the Empire State Building that gets struck dozens of times every year. Yeah. Our house got struck by lightning once, fired our TV, and my PlayStation 3. In Florida? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I fried a DVD player that way once and a TV, and I fried something else. Our house in Florida had, well, I don't know if it was struck by lightning or electrical surges or what it was, but we always needed new uh, yeah. electronics every so often. Okay, where does the majority of your body heat escape? Your feet. The answer isn't your head. <laughs> it's the first line. Um, you lose heat evenly throughout your body. In winter, most of your body heat probably does escape through your head, though, because it's the only up. part not covered. Yeah. So it's it's equal. Which makes sense. Why do chameleons change colors? Camouflage. If That's... you said camouflage, you're a dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's... Uh, there are actually multiple reasons why. <laughs> Not only are you so stupid, that's only half right. <laughs> oh, this place. This, this thing, this quiz. Uh, 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 cam oh, camouflage is not one of them. Uh. Mood and temperature play a big role. 
If the chameleon is happy and trying to mate with a female chameleon, he will change colors. Or if the temperature cools down, it might cause him to change colors as well. So they're just living mood rings? Yeah. Okay. I showed Hank that if he wanted one. He did not want a a chameleon. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't think he would like a chameleon. Yeah, but when they eat, oh man, their tongues go far. Huh. They catch bugs. Yeah. It's cool. And they change colors. Can humans see the Great Wall of China from space? No. Uh, Many people think that you can. It is actually a myth. And most humans don't go to space, so. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you're in low orbit under a specific set of weather and lighting conditions. According to Scientific American, unfortunately, the Great Wall's composition of clay and stone simply blends in too yeah, much just look like a mountain. to the surrounding landscape. I do know there's people as like mortar. Oh, really? Yeah, they just, when people die, they just put them in the mortar. Huh. That's probably a myth, but. I mean, it seems like you'd have to really mortar around a human body. Like it would be a waste of. I mean, it would save you on bricks, but but it would they would decompose. But then, yeah, they decompose, and, and then you get hole. a hole. Yeah, like the bricks around it would crumble. Probably a myth. Um, and then, lastly, is Pluto a planet? Oh my gosh, I think that's a debate, isn't it? Yeah, I. What is it this week? Some weeks yeah. it is, some weeks it isn't. Yeah, it's understandable why many people get this science trivia question wrong. So you're not a dickhead if you get it wrong. (laughs) Pluto used to be identified as a planet in our solar system, but now it's a dwarf planet. And I don't know the difference. I mean, the word planet is... I feel like that's another quibble. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe dwarf planet is its own thing. I know nothing about science. It's a... uh, Okay. I count it as a planet because I want to. And that's my truth. (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean come on and who gives a shit if pluto is a planet or a dwarf planet we're never going to it well kids learning the solar system okay based on the teacher teacher's choice (laughs) dealer's choice well maybe the the fact that we can question it is like it might lead some kids to really want to explore that question and then they might want to really explore space and they might really want to explore science and it would lead to a stem career so So you're saying it's like a gateway drug to hypothesis i'm saying it's really good marketing yeah to debate whether or not it's a planet yeah true good job stem okay so are we ready to get into this book? Sure. Speaking of STEM. All right. I'll do my synopsis. I almost said hypothesis. I'll do my synopsis first, mm-hmm. and then you have a rant, per usual. <sighs> yeah. You always have a rant. I don't know that it's going to come out as a rant, because I've ranted it all in my notes, and I think I'm going to try to ease up Okay. <laughs> a little we'll, bit. We'll see about that. Okay. So- there's going to be a theme, an underlying theme in my synopsis that's laid on pretty thick, so it's not that underlying. 
an over overarching and theme. If, if you've listened, if you are a longtime listener and you were with us at the beginning, you'll catch it right away. Okay. <laughs> PhD candidate, I'll, oh, The Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood. PhD candidate Olive Smith is more into being in the lab than dating humans. Her friend An tries to convince her of the wonders of being in a relationship. An just happens to be in a relationship with the last guy Olive was in a relationship with, but never mind that. One late night in the lab to get On off her back, from what I remember, she kisses the first living man in arm's length. That man is Kylo Ren. I mean, Adam Carlson. <laughs> the young, tough-as-nails Sith Lord professor who brings grown men to their knees in anguish with his feedback. Adam is not into being grabbed and kissed by randos, and he demands an explanation or he's filing a Title IX complaint. After a bit of back and forth, Olive has a brilliant idea to fake date. It's a total clownfish and see an enemy situation. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Surprisingly, all is going. Is it swimmingly? What's the word? Swimmingly. Yes. Yeah. Until Tom, Adam's friend, who is more of a Sith Lord than Adam, decides he is going to force Olive into sleeping with him where he will steal her life's work and blackball her from the scientific world. Real Harvey Weinstein type shit. Which leads to an epic fight at Cheers. (laughs) (laughs) At Cheers. Will Olive witness the power of Adam's fully armed and operational battle station? (laughs) 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 that was good so not really under no there's an overarching theme yeah you did you did really great justice to the fact that this is Raylo fanfic yeah (laughs) or started out it it is not Raylo fanfic it was maybe inspired originally to be Raylo fanfic and it became its own thing yeah Did I did I get a, the gist of it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was probably more interesting than the book. <laughs> <laughs> I need to not at these people on Instagram. Did you at them? I always do. Oh, they Jonathan. never do anything. I have less than a thousand followers. All right. They never, like, hardly ever reply. You can, I mean, you can edit your own post, too. All right. Well, let's let's talk I, about this. I need this. to add them after we do the episode. I would never, I would, like, click like on your post as an author. And never. If people at me, I click like, I say thank you for reading. And that's it, because I think anything other than that is sort of unprofessional. I mean, depending. If we are raving about your book and we say that in the post, if somebody was, I still wouldn't listen. If somebody ripped my book to shreds in a podcast. You would never know. I no, I wouldn't even, even the, the things that the fans pick up on, that I'm like, wow, you you picked up on that. 
I think I think I get a little bit I get a sense of satisfaction, of course. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm not I, I try not to let it get into my work because then I'm letting the fans dictate what I do. So even if it was just nothing but praise, and you can't do that with any book. No. No book is going to be nothing but praise. I just, I'm real, I think you have to, you have to distance yourselves from your fans in order to not burn out. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. It's not like, uh, I don't mean it villainously at all. You just have to, in order for your own mental health to, you know, stay on the right course, you, you can't be reading reviews you can't be you know yeah well and it only matters if they bought the book <laughs> i don't care what the people who did it buy the tickets have to say yeah to an extent as bill burr stated all right so do you want to get into your thing now well i want to talk about how this book is you know, self-proclaimed Raylo fanfic. And I forgot that. And then I started to like, towards the end, I was reminded of that. And I got really excited about it because I really, I would never have picked up on that. And I, I can see hints of it. I can see hints going back and reading more of the book afterwards. Like the first, there's two meet cutes. The first meet cute is yeah. totally them forced timing. Yeah, I see. I don't. I didn't see any Raylo in this. Well, I Not mean, that, their and I, their personalities were Raylo. Him being like an ass, as they call him. Um, over and over. If again. you see it, great. I don't see it. You don't see that. No, they I, overtly called him like. You know, all of the sinister thing, the whole running thing was that he was antagonistic and unapproachable. Like, I think the fact that he is, you know, Mr. Darcy in the science lab is. It's it's enough Kylo Ren for it to be Kylo Ren. OK, I'm saying that's fine. I don't see it. And I'm not going to see it. I just, I'm not picking up on it. Okay. Well, you don't have, it's not supposed to be an an equation. Okay. It's supposed to be, this is inspired by the, the Raylo pairing. Okay. Like, no, nothing in the plot is Raylo, nothing in the anything, but the fact that he's grumpy and she's sunshine, even though she's not very sunshine, she's just kind of, well, we'll get into that later. Well, Ray wasn't very sunshine either. No. All right. So. So this book, um, I've been trying recently to not read the thing that comes out immediately. I've been trying to, you know, whatever book comes out, I give it some time. I let it brew. If it comes back around again and I'm seeing it on everybody's Instagram, I'm hearing about it through like through the romance channels, then we might pick it up mm -hmm. because we just don't have enough time to read everything. And I try to pick the things that I know that I know are going to be great. 
Yeah. So I was very excited about this because it came back around again. It came out and I heard about it and everyone promoted it. I think it was a the library, I don't know, whatever library. It's a group of librarians who get together and they recommend like eight to ten books a month. It was one of their picks the month this was released, which was I think in October, but I'm not sure. Um, and then it's it's come back. It's it really stayed. So I'm thinking this book has something huge to offer. And this is a must read. It's okay. It's fine. I see this book as like living in the Midwest. <laughs> like, there's no beach. There's no mountains. It's a whole lot of prairie and you can look for miles and miles and never see what you want to see. Yeah. There's no historic and there's colonial town. There's supposedly a good there's, community. Uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I think it's an intro to rom-coms. I feel like it's, um, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. And I think um, I was so excited because I was like, this is the science rom-com. This is, and that's cool. And it turns out I really don't like science. <laughs> I am attracted to nothing scientific about this. Uh, it's just not my kind of intelligence. Like, I, and I. The one scene that I loved in this book was when they were both in the lab and they were talking about science because I did feel like the two characters were in their element. Yeah. And I could see how they would just be a great team working together and being great partners to each other. Um, not, not to get off on a tangent. I wouldn't yeah. say you don't like science. No, I don't like science. You do. You just don't... You like, I would say you like your gardening. I would say that's sciencey. No, but that's not. That's it's, that's not like you're going an inch deep. But that's all the science you need. No, no, no. I don't do science. I I research and I separate that from science. I love research, but research isn't performing the experiment. It's not. I. I. Was thinking when I read this book about how I really love. What did I just read? I there's a book similar to this, or it's a duology similar to this, and it's Emily Foster's "How Not to How Not to Fall, How Not to Let Go." Those are the there are two books, but you have to read them both. Um, and it's about a graduate advisor and his his grad student, but she's getting ready. She was like a week from graduation. She just has to finish up this one last project, but they're more of soft scientists. I, they do something. There you go. Human something or other, a human behavior. You're like an extra, extra soft scientist. No, no, I, I, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm not a scientist I, at all. I'm a fiction writer. Yes. My job is to observe human behavior and try to come up with metaphors that really hit home with readers. I am not trying to say, like, to set up an experiment where I can have clinical data. It's the clinical data that I am just not interested in at all. I'm not even talking about your writing. I was talking about your gardening. 
I don't even like that. I want to know if you plant this, it will grow. I don't want to know a Western blot. <laughs> I don't know what that means. So that's it's like me. elementary school science. You planted a garden. No, it's not. It's not <laughs> science. Science is the actual study, the like the repetition of an experiment, having a control. I respect the scientific method, and that's why I am claiming like I do not do science. Like ever. It's not in my it's nothing. Like statistics can like can eat it. I don't <laughs> I don't I I you know, I respect that other people do it and I have I want nothing to do with the process. Because to me there's more truth in fiction. Mm-hmm. The end period, end of okay. story. <laughs> Moving um, on. Uh so Okay, so let's talk about book talk because book talk is the reason this book is still around. Book like TikTok, but for books. TikTok, yeah, it's a hashtag. Book talk, yeah. smut talk. Like, I mean, they're all hashtag together. So, book talk has this incredible power to make ten authors a lot of millions of dollars. Yeah. Yes, sir, you've been telling me. I I really, I mean, word of mouth is the most important thing to sell books to any author. But I feel like we have created this, like, supernova in book talk that is now, like, now on Instagram, you have to be promoting the same book talk books as the book talkers. Like it's it's bleeding into Instagram, it's bleeding into Facebook, it's bleeding into Twitter, and it's the same ten authors, and it's fine. But when you but when you have a community that's this global and it comes from one single source, I feel like even book talkers feel like they can't promote anything but these hundred and fifty romance novels written by ten different authors. Um, so I've done some research. Hmm. Yeah. Um. I don't even know what I was saying. <laughs> Megan was hand gesturing to me because I was moving my feet and I thought she wanted me to pause it. So I paused it <laughs> and <laughs> I threw off. <laughs> Yeah, it totally threw me off because I took these pages and pages of notes on the books that I see on Book Talk, and I'm like, why do all of you have to promote the same new adult romance novel? Like, where is the good writing? I <laughs> I don't know, but if uh, your if your comparison to a supernova is accurate, it's gonna blow out. They blow out. I don't know though. Everyone's saying now book talk is here to stay, which is fine, but you know what? There's already publishing traditionally is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. 
Well, I think that's a problem with social media. It makes the world smaller and smaller and smaller. And that's what Book Talk is doing. Now yeah. you're taking indie writers and they're, you're compressing their world down smaller and smaller and smaller. And indie writers like don't care. It's not like this is competition for us. It's just there are – I'm just kind of infuriated at what they're promoting and what they're not promoting. Like there are brilliant authors out there who deserve the book talk recognition. I'm gonna, and there are huge book talk books that are just like, what the fuck? I'm going to also take a guess. <laughs> this doesn't even make sense. And say that the book talkers yeah. are all white women. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't really follow it. I've just done some preliminary research and I've done a lot of Googling about book talk to try to get a pervading sense. But you are, yes, white women and all the books are about white women. Yep. So not only are they all like N.A. Okay, so let me let me point. I am not talking about Colleen Hoover. She's amazing. Her books really do. So when you read a book that's uh, like that's super buzzy. You're reading, 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 and the whole point of it is to get to the point where you are just absolutely floored. Like, you're like, this is the reason. This is why it has such buzz. And in all of these books that I'm reading lately, I'm reading, I get to the point in the middle, and I keep getting in the middle. I keep getting in the middle. I'm still in the middle and the same shit is happening in the story. Yeah. The same scene and the same scene and the same scene. And I'm like, there should have been 150 less pages in this book because this middle is just, I can't sleep with you. Why not? Well, because it, uh, it just can't. It would just ruin everything. But why? Because we're two adults. And what is the problem? Well, I just can't put it into words. But one time I was hurt by this guy that I didn't really like in the first place. And it just really destroyed me. And now I just can't sleep with you because of plot reasons. <laughs> and this is what the, the middle 150 pages are in all of these books. But you know what? It makes sense because these authors are writing it on Wattpad and KU and you get paid for every page turn. So you write these shitty stories. Ah. People keep people keep turning pages because they're not having sex yet. They want to get to that sex scene. These authors are putting it at 80% of the book. It's the equivalent of... um. A slideshow on a, yes. like a slideshow article. Yeah, it's click marketing. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Ugh. But all these readers are just like getting strung along and they're glorifying these shit books. Like, I swear, like, so every book on Book Talk, okay, 90% of books on Book Talk are this virginal. 18-year-old college woman, like, out of the coop for the first time, and she's so smart, and she doesn't know how smart she is even, and she's so beautiful, but she just throws her hair into a bun and wears sweatpants, and and then the... And eats pastries. You know, whatever kind of, like, 
whatever kind of campus bad boy as if it's a high school from the 80s. Because how does every 40,000 student campus have one known bad boy? Like, I just... (laughs) They all know who it is? Yes. It's like a high school? Yes. It's a high school. (laughs) Like, my high school didn't even have these, like, there's three clicks in these... In all of these campus romances, like they're campus bully romances where the guy is like the super hot. Eurocentric. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> and <laughs> and the, the book talkers are He's... like filming themselves crying and they're like, but she didn't know how beautiful she was until the the boxer bad boy told her <laughs> oh my god six, I, six four 215 pounds 12 <sighs> inches of hard cock <laughs> yeah i mean i can take that if you put some just give me some intelligence yeah just something just and and then I think all these people, the reason why the love hypothesis is, first of all, it was a book of the month. So, like, the book of the months always get book talk, like, fame. Um, and, you know, you you get so, you get so wrapped up in these N.A., like, new adult, you know, college romances that are just incredibly stupid. And so you finally, like, you you read the love hypothesis and you think... Oh, this is better. This is a little bit better. So it's just, it's kind of an intro to adult romance. This is how I would put this. There are better ones out there. Yeah. But if you are used to the dumb college romances, not that all of them are done. Colleen Colleen Hoover doesn't write Is she a book talker? People have discovered her books. Um... And yeah, it, you see it ends with us and ugly love all over the place right now. Uh, I haven't read those two. I've read Verity and Heartbones. Those two are not book talk sensations. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, but maybe it's because they're trad published. I don't know. She's trad and she's a hybrid author. Okay. Um. So that's how these books have like a 200,000 Goodreads ratings. That's insane. Yeah. So, like, there are other books. There are other books you can you can read that are really have better sex, that string you along a lot better. That uh, maybe these are easier. Oh yeah, they're and that's why. Well, remember, like, life is catered to like dumb the people. The lowest common yeah. denominator. Yeah. Exactly. That's what this is. So that's, you're never going to beat, that's like, you're never going to beat that. People are always going to go with what's easier. Right. And that's easy. And I think that sort of does, did a disservice to this only, you know, only for me. Yeah. For me, it did, like the book talk fame did a disservice to this. I if might this, have liked it if it was you would a, little have cut a little more slack, less buzzy. I tried. I went back and read this a second time and I tried to like it more. The first read, it was like, it's fine. It's... And then like a day later, I had forgotten the entire story. Yeah. And I read it this week. <laughs> well, you know what saves me? I don't go on TikTok. So 
I don't I don't either, but I and it I don't slips know, into my Instagram. I don't know anything and I, I've pretty much unfollowed most books to grammars. But you know what also? But you 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 said later you think it's all white women. Yeah. Not only yeah, the book talkers are all white women. I'm not saying it is, I'm guessing it is. My hypothesis. The ones that I've seen, yeah. I mean, I've seen a few like black women. I've seen a few Latinas. But mostly it's white women. Um, but you see, but the, like what happened to those like two years ago when own voices was a thing? It's like not a thing anymore. Yeah, because there's not the a presidential whole, election coming up. <laughs> there's the whole decolonize your bookshelf. Like it was all lip service, and this is just if this you, is just proving it. If you're into that, just wait two years; it'll be back. Well, I'm into that. <laughs> I want diversity. I still, I still want the diversity that I was promised that was going to be more ready, readily available to me two years ago because that was the publishing trend. Yeah. But it just proves that none of these people are serious about it. And that's what infuriates me about these stupid movements. Yep. They're all full because, of shit. Exactly. It, it just proves it. Like how easily we forgot own voices. How easily we forgot like reading blackouts in February. How easily we forgot, you know what? Where's Beverly Jenkins on book talk lists? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, where's any historic romance for one thing? But where's Alyssa Cole? Where is uh, Talia Hibbert? Like, she is writing great stories. Why are they not? The the Brown Sisters trilogy should be book talk sensations. Mm -hmm. I think they're too intelligent for the masses. I think they're just written a little bit too nuanced that people don't get it. And I know I'm alienating a lot of listeners, maybe, but maybe you need to hear No, this. our listeners are brilliant people. I Every single one of them. Yeah, that's true. They're every single one of them. That's why I don't, that's why brilliant. I feel like I need to say this rant. Like, don't be swept up by the book talk books. Read Colleen Hoover. Read Priest. Lissa K. Adams. No. She's not on she's not on book talk. No. I'm saying the book talk books that are worth it. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what's on book talk because I don't go on TikTok. Like the unhoneymooners. Like this book came out three like two years ago. Why are you back on the unhoneymooners? Let's move on. There's Ooh. been other enemies to lovers since then. There's better enemies to lovers. Like I I love Christina Lauren, but that's not one of the books that I loved. And I don't know. It just, it just really bothers me when every single person on one platform is saying you need to read this mm -hmm. one book by this one author. And then all the book talkers get more clicks if they put that book in. Like, oh, if you hashtag the Spanish love deception, everyone's going <laughs> to click on that. And and everyone's going to think that they like it unless you're a very thoughtful person and know how not be to not be swayed by you know, people who want their characters to be their best friend and not an actual character. So, yeah. Um, and I feel like these same people that are book talkers. Okay, I read I read a book talk book. 
I started one today just to see, like, this is one of the top, top book talks. It started out like this woman, young woman, college age, 18-year-old, blah, 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 mm-hmm. is leaving her home for the first time. She's making her bed. And it said, like, the one of the, like, the third line of the book was something about how she tucked her sheet into the headboard and... Uh, she was basically doing it lovingly because it's the last time. Like, she tucked her sheet into the headboard. Do you even know what a fucking headboard is? Who? What, you have to remake? You're tucking your fitted sheet under your head? What, is, what the fuck are you doing? Like, do you not know how to make a bed, author? This is not how bed... Like, who tucks their sheets all the way into their headboard? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there are some people doing it, but did nobody ever catch this? It's so brilliant. This book has a hunt, a billion reads. A billion. There's a typo in the first paragraph. There, there should be a period and there's a comma. It's like, and there's a comma and a comma. And it's not a style choice. It's a, this writing is garbage choice. <laughs> like, oh, come on. This, this author, I, okay. And, and I get. Like, none of these authors are that kid who is really worthy of fame as an author. Mm -hmm. These are not authors. These are business people. And as business people, I respect your ability to make money. I, I truly do. But I also like honesty about it. Like, I just want people to say, yes, I, I studied the formula for the hero that you all want. I've checked all the boxes for you people and I spit out this hero. What's wrong with that though? There's nothing wrong with that but just people like but tell it. me about it. Yeah. Like, well, that's like that's like my my industry, the fit the fitness industry is not my industry. Okay. But it's an industry I follow. Not so much anymore, but there's a lot of guys on there and girls. A lot of people who are moving a lot of heavy weight or single digit body fat all year round. Yeah. And they look like He-Man. Yeah. But they claim to be natural. It's like, you know you're not. We know you're not. Just be honest about it. But they can't. And neither can these authors. They can't. They have to say, oh my God, these characters have lived in my head for so long. No, they fucking haven't. Yeah. You're checking boxes. You majored in marketing. You worked in the business sector. And then you learned that romance is a billion dollar industry. And now you're breaking in. And great. I'm happy that you're making money. But don't call yourself an author. Call yourself a business person. And that's fine. Yeah. Absolutely fine. Exactly. So I'm a little bit infuriated by book talk. <laughs> And I think that bled into this book a little bit. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the book. Let's get yeah. off the of book talk. Yeah. Right. So what worked for you in this book? Oh, no. Let's talk about the heroine. Okay. Olive. The, Olive. She is... All right. So just tr- try to summarize who she is. She's a Canadian immigrant in America to get her PhD in she's trying, biology. Yeah, she's trying to um identify blood biomarkers to 
detect pancreatic pancreatic cancer cancer. early. Earlier. Because her mom died of pancreatic cancer. I I love that she's given a real research question. Yeah. I really like that. I do appreciate that about this book. The science is accurate. I'm I'm assuming it's accurate because it's written by a science PhD who works in academia. So uh, me knowing nothing about science, I really appreciate that there's, you know, they, they didn't shy away from the sciencey stuff. I like that. So more about Olive. I don't know. She has. OK, so she has two friends on and Malcolm, Malcolm. and they're are they both her roommates or is just no, Mal- just Malcolm just Malcolm's is. her roommate. Malcolm is the, you know, the stereotypical gay friend. Anne is the not so stereotypical um, BIPOC woman in STEM. Like, she's cool. I like Anne. Um, yeah, I didn't get enough sense of her to like or dislike her. We'll get into that with characters. Okay. Or with uh, character arcs and stuff. She's very close to Anne because... Olive has nobody in her corner. She has nobody. She has no one in her life. She, Everyone she knows died. Yes. Um. So she, so Anne has taken her under her wing. Like they met the first day of, or they met during orientation, I think, of their PhD program at Stanford, where they were the only two women and the only two women or minority, well, Anne being the minority, in a... California at Stanford research facility. Yeah. Which I call bullshit. Well, like you said, this person is a doctor in academia and science. Maybe they know more than we do. I looked at the Stanford (laughs) biology department website. Yeah. There are very few, very diverse, very few strictly cishet white men. Yeah. On this staff and it doesn't show me who the actual phd students are on their website well that's not who they're complaining about i know they were you know she does complain about the students she does. like the rest of her cohort is all white men uh just bullshit no that's bullshit like you want it to be that to to straw man yeah yeah exactly straw man yeah uh and of the white men you do see on Stanford thing, you can't say who's cishet either. True. True. Um, I'm just going by, you know, science-y uh, archetypes. Yeah. Of like... I, that was yeah. something I noticed and had not a... Yeah, I guess a problem. Like, uh, you're at Stanford. No, it's... And it's not even that it's... <sighs> I And I almost forgot. Okay. She said sports ball. Yeah, we're getting to that. She said sports ball. Yeah, no, fuck that. We are getting to that word because I, if you say that word, I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) At this point, this, this book seems a little bit out of touch with the whole like, yeah, fuck you, cishet white man. Like, mm, we're not doing that anymore. We did that last year. Like, we did that two years ago. We're maybe maybe not. Maybe people are still doing it. I read all of the new releases. Yeah, we're not. I. It's an old joke. It's fine. 
Well, this book is old. And and don't build up like, you know, a bunch of Okay, yeah, the deans of Stanford are probably all, you know, old white men. I get it. Complain about the deans. Academia is filled with, you know, old white men. But there's also a lot of diversity. Mm-hmm. And to not talk about that d- diversity because you want to throw in a joke about sports ball watching. Yep. And, you know, all the white men watching sports. Like, you really think your other PhD candidates are not as serious as you and they have all this time to be watching sports together and talking about it i i really don't think all of the your other biology cohort you know members are just sitting around watching sports and also you watch movies what's the difference yeah exactly (laughs) um so let's talk about sports ball because i need to like pause and just for a minute like we need to not you know, romance is all about not yucking each other's yum. Like I realize I just yucked every book on book talk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't ascribe to that yucking other people's yum. But if you are one of those people that go around saying, Don't yuck my yum in romance, like everybody in romance is doing except for me, don't disparage what other people like. Especially other people. Other romance writers love sports. Mm-hmm. Farah uh, Rashan writes sports me- romances and loves football. Like, don't yuck her yum by calling it sports ball. Like, it's it's just it's such a disparaging, and I hate sports. Like, I hate I hate things played with a ball. I don't like catch. I don't like anything. I hate it. Like, I <laughs> like I just. Ugh, the noise of it like just infuriates me and watching it offends my eyes. I I don't expect I don't I'm not going to make a joke out of what somebody else likes and doing so even it just proves that you're not intelligent enough to see that sports can also have a great deal of like intellectual capacity. Mm-hmm. Ugh. I don't know. That just drives me crazy. Like and it's 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 one of those words that people throw around offhanded. It's kind of jokey, but it's not funny anymore. We've been we've been hearing it for five years. It might have been funny for the first year of those five years. Things move too fast. You're not funny. You're not the cool kid because you said sports ball because your brain is just so intellectually superior that you can't comprehend people watching and enjoying sports. It's just, just get off it. So, yeah. And those same people will watch a Hallmark movie. Well, a lot of them hate Hallmark, too. Well. But. All right. (laughs) A lot of those same people are reading, like, I tuck the sheet into the headboard. Yeah. (laughs) All right. The hero, Adam. Um, Oh, anyway, we should talk about something good about Olive. Oh, she's, we haven't? She's supposed to be smart. <laughs> she's tall and skinny. Um, You're making the good thing not 
<laughs> no, no, no. So I'm good. I'm moving on. I'm just describing her physical characteristics, okay. which that's all we have. Brown hair, skinny, tall. Like we know nothing about her other than that. Um, and she doesn't really prove her intelligence a whole lot. She talks like an idiot whenever she has to talk about something that's not science. And then when she's in the lab, she sort of like doesn't believe her own capability Mm -hmm. when she's in her own lab. But then she expects other people to validate her, her research. So like, did you know, I don't know. I noticed that on the second read, like she thinks it's, she somebody agrees to meet with her and she's like yeah take that pancreatic cancer it's like that's the only time you've been confident about your research so why should i believe you i just don't i think she's written too silly yeah i I think i think olive smith whoever you are out there you're you're a great person i think you're written silly um okay so the hero the hero i liked Mm -hmm. so his name is adam carlson i really like we okay so the first we'll talk about the kiss we'll talk about the structure of the book for a minute uh there's two meet cutes the book starts out in with a prologue which is meet cute number one which is the first forced time (laughs) (laughs) because we get a clip of of two years in the past. Um, and Olive has put in expired contact lenses. All of a sudden she can't see and runs into a bathroom, probably not like on the other side of campus. <laughs> Since it's like this bathroom that's buried in the back of Carlson's lab. That um, they use just to like dump stuff. Dump out chemicals. Yeah. So she finds this bathroom to run into to clear her bleary eyes and I guess rinse them out or something. Um, and then she meets she, – so she she's crying in the bathroom. She meets this guy in black with a really nice, rich, low voice. And he's kind of uncomfortable with a crying woman being in his lab bathroom. And uh, – and he talks to her. He ends up convincing her to go into the PhD program because she was on the fence about it before. Why are you smiling? Because <laughs> when you said she rinsed out her eyes, it reminded me of a scene in the office. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Just keep going. Okay. <laughs> If you know the office, you know what I'm talking about. Well, he's very stand. I love how he's standoffish, but in a way that he he's fishing for more. Yeah, he doesn't say a lot, but he kind of stands around. I did pick up on that and lurks a little bit until he gets something a little bit more from her. Like he craves more interaction with her, and he doesn't know how to ask for it. I love that. I think that is so true to his character. Um, so you see it the first time, like, and he just keeps asking her, are you okay? Are you sure that you're okay? And so she's rinsing out her eyes. She's like, oh, no, I'm not crying. It's, it's expired contact lenses. And he, he, he asks her why she wants to do this program. She thinks he's some grad student and he's been there for six years. So he's going to graduate before her. 
Um, they get a lot of backstory out of the way in their talk. Um, and he tells her that her reasons for wanting to attend grad school are the best reasons. So I think that really, like, you know, it puts a nail in the coffin for mm-hmm. for Stanford. Stanford? Stanford. I don't know why that sounded wrong to me all of 1950s a sudden. 1950s Stanford. Right. <laughs> uh, well, probably, you know, probably early 2000s Stanford. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's when this this um, author went through the academic process. No, she's young. Is she? Yeah. Well, I'm trying to help. I'm trying to give her the. <laughs> um. No, I think I think the problem is she's creating a problem where there isn't a problem because it's the thing to do right now. Yeah. In in publishing romance, you have to put you have to make it feminist by claiming it's all white men. When when maybe it's not exactly honest. So um, but it's to me, it's a joke that doesn't play. Yeah. Um, That's a nice segue into Adam. Yeah. So, Adam, the next the next scene in the book, chapter one, they are kissing like it starts out with their lips on each other's lips. And I think that's a brilliant way to start it out. It was. If you can. Uh, validate it (laughs) which it's like okay there's a lot of things in this book everything that's sweet and romancy it's not well validated it's it's done for romance reasons and i can't stand that so that's another reason why this book kind of like made me cringe a bit when i was writing it or (laughs) when i was writing it when i was reading it Everything's for romance reasons. Like you, you just have to dis- suspend disbelief. Mm-hmm. And I just prefer books that where you don't. Like maybe they're a little less romantic, maybe they're more realistic, but I like for everything to have complete validation. And kissing somebody in the hallway and then realizing who it's kissing. But then also you asked their permission and you thought you heard a yes, but you still don't know who that person is, even though you know who that person is. I I just thought that was a little bit. mm, okay. she kissed him for romance reasons. That doesn't work for me. Moving on. (laughs) Um, He he responds with uh, a lot of. okay, what was that? Okay, All right. Good. Walks away. So. So that kiss, okay, we're not going to discuss it. That's fine. Okay. So he walks away. So again, <laughs> so this is again, like he's like he's really fishing for more from her. Like, but he can't just come out and say what he wants. Right. Because. Because he doesn't know how. And he's been pining for her for years. Yep, since they first met in the bathroom. Yeah. And I, I love, I love pining. You love pining. I also love real reasons for pining. But anyway, he's this big, scary, black wearing asshole of a professor that is not an asshole at all. It's just he happens to be the only capable professor at Stanford <laughs> and actually tells students their research is Again, wrong highly when doubt it's that. wrong. Highly, highly doubt that. 
I mean, there's one instance where they he says t- someone's um, label of their y-axis is too small. That's a little nitpicky. But maybe there are maybe there are reasons for that, it, like publication uh, reasons. Like when I, you publish it, and I, I don't think he was making him do the whole project over. He was just telling you, telling the guy to enlarge your y-axis label. Axis. I can I can touch on this a little bit since I you know I didn't finish grad school that long ago, a couple mm-hmm. of years now. I had a very very tough professor for our paper writing courses yeah or like the academic journal courses mm-hmm. so tough and he never got that nitpicky but yeah he got nitpicky to a yeah. point where like he sent the emails like look guys i'm not trying to hurt your feelings mm-hmm. i'm not attacking you as people mm-hmm. i have to be this rigorous because your work will get thrown out if you're ever in a situation where you have to do this for real. Yeah. And that's where Adam's at. Yes. Like, I think, and I think he, but he doesn't know that. And I, I think she tries to tell him that, but it always, every time she tries to tell him just, Hey, maybe send an email saying, here are my intentions, why I'm this stringent. But it comes out as, why are you such a dick? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that was the consensus. And he doesn't about... ever understand that he needed to say that, like what your professor explained. Yeah. Well, so, and that's a bit of a miscommunication in this book. I, I enjoyed the miscommunications. I think they're perfectly valid because there are so many things that people miss and don't. I mean, miscommunications happen all the time. Mm-hmm. They're a real part of relationships. And I know that's it's not a thing like everyone's like, just talk to each other. This whole book could have been shorter. Just solve the problem if they just talk to each other. But then people don't. People don't talk to each people other. People don't. They, do you, they go you, based on their assumptions. Why do you think there's marriage counselors? Yes. Because people don't talk to each other. They're afraid to because they're afraid of what could happen afterwards. They're afraid and of so hurting someone's things. feelings. Yes. They're afraid of scaring their partner mm-hmm. they're like where you need a mediator to make sure they can soften the landing they can make sure you're heard and help you and in- help you interpret help you deliver the message in a way that so- softens the landing yeah i can't find a better explanation like phrase than that but and how many times do people have a crush on somebody but you know, if they don't, if they don't also have a crush on you, that's going to be embarrassing. And not only that, but and you can see them if you fake it. If you're faking it, like they both have a crush on each other. By the end of the book, mm-hmm. he's had a crush on her the whole time, but she didn't know it. Um, if she, if either one of them comes out and the other one doesn't reciprocate, their fake dating just ends. It ends then and there. Yeah. And there's no, they have a friendship. So that whole friendship dissolves. And even still, you don't get to set eyes on that person. And that's, that's all he ever wanted was to just like look at her for as long as possible because he would never have made a move on her if not. Do you think in the situation 
like say a workplace or anywhere where you're in close proximity mm-hmm. and someone has a crush and they ask the person out and the other person isn't into it. Yeah. Is would it be better for them to say no thank you, I'm not into it, which probably is, or go on a date and maybe you would be into it, or maybe they would see, oh, they're not into it. I don't know how into it I am anymore. I don't know. When I when I would ever be asked out, I felt obliged to say yes, no matter how I felt. So I'm not a good person to answer this. Now I want to tell myself, like, you're an idiot. Say no to everybody. <laughs> because you can. You don't know anybody anything. But times were different in, like... 2000s yeah and times and earlier people can be honest now and it still throws me for a loop when people say no thanks i'm not into it I'm like you can do that <laughs> i've been in whole relationships <laughs> with people i couldn't stand because i didn't know how to say like you're not doing anything for me uh, so it really like I I like that I like the honesty that you can have now. Yeah, that wasn't a thing. Like no. everyone was like lying our way through relationships in the two thousands. Yeah. Well, I wonder if it has anything to do with divorce rates going down too. I don't know. Because people just aren't lying to each other anymore. Okay. Well, I think marriages aren't happening as. People don't feel like you have to get married after college anymore. Mm-hmm. When that or was a thing college. before. Yeah. Like you have to leave college engaged or. Yeah. Leaving college. And if you're not graduating with an engagement ring, you're failing. That whole thing. That was a big thing at one of my colleges. Really? Yeah. Which one? Let me guess. Liberty. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What worked for you in this book? I'll go. Uh, wait, are you going for me or for you? No, I'll go for me. Okay. All right. So what worked is when they were on the page together. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. It was good. They had a cool dynamic and that you kind of want from a freak relationship. Yeah. And especially with one person who was pining over the other person for a long time. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that worked for me was when all of... And Adam, uh, their fake relationship was out in the open, but not fake. Everyone thought they were in a relationship. Yeah. People started treating Olive differently. Okay. They they started giving her a little more respect because she kind of got walked on a little bit. Yeah. At the beginning. Yeah. And steamrolled at points. And they stopped giving her shit. Mm-hmm. That's because she they were scared of Adam. Mm-hmm. He's essential. He's like, he's he's the enforcer of the hockey team. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They don't. You, you don't. Your your superstar doesn't get cheap shots because they know you have to deal with the bigger bully. Yeah, that's a really that's a good analogy. Shout out to Ryan Reeves. We love you, Revo. <laughs> I'm guessing that's a Ranger. Yes. Of the New York sports oh. ball. I didn't. I did not think it's not a ball either. It's a puck. I didn't think I was gonna like having him. 
I love having that guy. <laughs> it just, it's like a blanket. It's like a weighted blanket. Really? Yeah. You know no one's touching your guys. He's no, he's. You get a sense of like emotional relief from having a guy on one of your teams? Yeah, because huh. they're, our superstars are safe. Okay. No one is going to hit them. I mean, they'll, you'll finish your checks. You have to do that. That's fine. But no one's going to take a cheap shot. No one's going to try to knock him out of a game. Because then you have to deal with Ryan Reeves. And no one wants to deal with Ryan Reeves. That's cool. So that's what that reminded me of. <laughs> that's like the only notes I took on this book. <laughs> <laughs> um, what worked for me? Well, Adam, I really loved his character. I liked how he was tentative. I, uh, how I loved the tentative, like fishing for more time with her. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, he was a very smart, focused, capable scientist. So he wasn't, I like that we never get his perspective. We don't see him like freaking out over her being a certain way. We don't ever see his pining from his perspective because I feel like that would cheapen him. Um, and if you want to see it, you can sign up for the author's newsletter because I know she's written a few scenes from his, his POV. Oh, okay. That's cool. Um, yeah. And I might do that. But I like that in this book, it's not, it's all from her perspective or her, yeah. her POV. Um, I liked that he wasn't a fuck boy when it was time to come <laughs> for the set, when it was sex time. He was fumbly a little bit, but I think that was just because he was nervous. Right. Which is in keeping with the character Unlike another book I've read recently where he was kind of like Adam and then it came time for the sex and he turned into this like douchey frat boy with like some weird unsexy dirty talk. Yeah. They just was like, where did you even come from? You wouldn't be doing this. <laughs> like that one book we read with the crabber guy. Ugh. The awful, the awful dirty that, talk. I can see that because that was kind of like a lower class guy. Like, I. Not low class, working class. Okay, whatever. There's a difference. I don't know. That, okay, fine. We're, he's a working class. I would expect that a little bit more. And he 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 wasn't, you know, monkish. It's the mm, monkish guys. True. That like the guys that like I'm so into this woman and have been for years, I cannot even look at another he female face, <laughs> let alone have sex with a female vagina. Like, no, I'm going to be a monk until she doesn't ever notice me anyway, because I'm not even the one making the move. But until I can have this one woman, no other woman is right. I love that in a man. That's all I want from a male character. <laughs> but it doesn't work for me when the sex is just like uh, wrong. And the sex wasn't wrong when it came to 
to Adam. Yeah. Like, he wasn't polished. He wasn't smooth. He didn't know, like, exactly when and where to flip her over. And, like, he he actually, you know, she expressed some concerns during sex or during, you know, the, the initiation into sex. And he's like, all right, let's talk about it. Let's work through these things. Let's figure out what's going to work for us. It's not just like, you know, I gave her seven orgasms and she's <laughs> never had an orgasm before. And I haven't had an orgasm myself in five years, but I still like lasted an hour. <laughs> like, no, you didn't. That's not true. But it, in Adam's case, like it, their sex was perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, what else worked? I loved when they were doing science together, and I really wanted to see more of that. I wanted to see them working side by side in a lab. Like a montage (laughs) with 80s music. (laughs) I don't know about that. (laughs) But just, I loved that scene when she goes, she's starving to the point where she's going to faint because it's grad school, and she goes to get her salt and vinegar chips. Shout out to salt and vinegar chips. I love you. Me too. Love having you on my team. I love every chips, though. (laughs) um and he has taken the last bag and he shares them with her and then they start talking about her science and it's like this is what they need to be doing together i want more of them together being capable this is a power couple of science Mm -hmm. i want to see them powerful i want to see them in their element and instead, we see them fumbling over words like they're in high school. Well, her, Olive, because she just was annoying. Um, but I also don't like most heroines. No. Um, so that's, yeah, that's what worked when they were also when they were on the page together, which seemed infrequent for a romance novel. And I'm going to go straight into what didn't work. Yeah. They weren't on the page a lot together. Yeah. 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 So, uh, the only, I think we've already touched with what doesn't work for you. Yeah. I'm not. <laughs> so, I'm not gonna... there was a scene where they went to a party or a swar or gala or something. Something. Yeah. Was it the top? I don't know. She wore heels that gave. Blistered... It was like a, I don't know, something at the conference. Yeah. Was... She got blisters on her feet because of her shoes. Yeah. So, he picked her up. Brought her into the elevator, and she said, my room is 20 meters down the hallway. I can uh, walk. And she goes, oh, you American don't think and only think in feet. And right away, I was like, he's a scientist. Of course he thinks in metric system. <laughs> and you reminded me, he's from Europe. He's American, but he was he grew up in the Netherlands and bounced around Europe because his parents... Dutch was his first language. Yeah, because his parents were ambassadors or something. Yeah. Or diplomats. It's like, that dude is well-versed in the metric system. <laughs> yeah. You can say 20 meters and he knows exactly how far you mean. Yeah, but that's one of those things that read as false because it's something the author, like, she had up her sleeve... Like I'll find it, I'll find a book to put this in one day. Yeah, this wasn't the book to put it let's, in. Let's let's jab at Americans not using the metric system. When well, yeah, he's like you said, not the book. He's a scientist. He uses the metric system. Yeah. Uh, how well do you think the author built the world? Fine. <laughs> I could have used more 
more science more lab i could i don't know what anything looked like in this book i can visualize anything like i can't move past something until i know what everything looks like i knew what nothing i don't know what on looks like i don't know what yeah. Olive looks like i don't know what adam looks like other than big and where's black henley's i don't know what jeremy or any of the characters jeremy look like. is irish and a redhead which i got on the second reading okay but I pictured Councilman Jam for the character of Jeremy <laughs> from Parks and Rec. So Jeremy was like, anytime he was on page, he was like a huge turnoff. He just got jammed. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the lab looks like. I don't know what the campus looks like. I don't know what people were doing at any given time. I could have used more setting I think uh, this is like the only book that I've ever thought. Like, I need to see what these people look like, like the space that they're in. And I mean, I, I put my own setting in, but I would have liked a little bit more description about that. Because um, I wanted to feel the cold sterility of the lab and how it wasn't cold to her because that's where her heart is. I want to see her performing her experiments. Mm-hmm experiments like i don't even know how to say that word um and i didn't really get to see that i got to see her floundering over words speaking to people not in a cool sciencey way like she uses bare bones words to describe her point it's like she didn't I, she talks like how i do and i don't feel like i'm come across as very intelligent when i'm speaking so i think that's that yeah, I don't know. The world was... Incomplete? Yeah. Uh, favorite character? I don't have one. To me, no one really jumped off the page. Everyone fit into the story as they should have and progressed the plot along. This is a no no favorite for me in this one. Yeah, I, Dr. Carlson is my favorite. Yeah. Um, But I also... I liked On, the friend. Mm-hmm. Um, is it on or a nah? On. Is it on? Yeah. Okay. I don't know how to read that. I think it's on. I'll I'll take your word for it on that one. Um I I liked I hated Malcolm. I thought he was <laughs> an idiot. Um I liked Holden when he was with Adam. Yeah. I loved him as Adam's best friend. I loved their relationship. And I loved, like, you could see Adam's character more through Holden. He came through better through Holden than he did with Olive. Um, Maybe that's because they were really in love with each other. No, they weren't. And i that's the part that I loved about it. I love that they had this really great platonic relationship, brotherly relationship. that you didn't see through, yeah. like, two men in a book. Um, I didn't like Holden and Malcolm together. It's like so wrong, <laughs> so wrong. I want them to break up. So I hope they're not the next book. Um, that, yeah, at one point, Malcolm is just like this giddy schoolboy, and he's like, and he says something about, uh, oh, he, this is, this is off the page. And Olive is just relating the story, and she says, Malcolm, Malcolm told me that Holden is allergic to peanuts and I wasn't even eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. 
and Adam chuckles and because he gets the the point of it. But he's mm-hmm. like Holden's. Oh, Holden's not allergic. He just fakes it so that he doesn't have to eat nuts because he hates them. <laughs> and I just love that, like that tidbit of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And it's just he says it so like offhandedly. But, you know, they know like everything about each other's lives. Yeah. And that's really nice to see. Um, there's also. Yeah, I guess that's it for. Yeah. For favorite characters. How did the characters change throughout the story? You would think it's a classic arc where Olive had to believe in herself. Adam had to lighten up and be more human. But Olive, yes, had to believe in herself, but also had to understand why Adam was so brutal in his critique of his students, both from his background and what letting bad science through can do to the world. Yes. He didn't. Thank God for his brutality. He didn't soften a bit at the. He did soften a bit at the end. But I don't foresee him letting up on his gra- his grading, nor should he. No. Maybe if his students didn't talk shit about him constantly and actually ask, hey, how are you doing, Professor Carlson? They wouldn't take his criticism so freaking personally. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was soft to Olive, which is the only... Men Not his should, student. Men should only be soft to their significant other. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Um, and, and children. And, <laughs> well, yes, but which he was. There is a scene where they're talking. Oh the, yeah, he likes kids. He likes kids. He was playing freeze tag with them in the rain. Yeah, and he said something about, "I don't mind when children act like children." Yes, he doesn't like when. <laughs> he doesn't like when adults act like children. Act like children. Yeah. Um. Also, we don't really get to see what happened at the end with, uh, you know, we don't get a final resolution, but Mm-mm. it also doesn't matter. Um, And I do like that he, like, he beat that guy up yeah. at the end. I thought the book ended there. Like, after the, the fight at Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't at Cheers. It was at a bar in Boston. It's like a very fancy restaurant <laughs> in Boston. <laughs> but... It was cheers. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, after that, I really didn't care what happened. Like, we know what happens. Yeah. Um. Well, we did get a, get to see a snippet of them yeah. together. It wasn't in the lab. I don't even remember what they were doing. Um, <laughs> see? <laughs> but I, I wanted there to be a little bit more because we never really got to, we never got to see them together enough. Mm-mm. I wanted there to be more of them acting like a couple for real, how they would be a couple. uh, And to me, that would be in a lab. Ray Ray and Ben kissed and then he went into the force. He wasn't together a lot. I know. (laughs) Uh, um, There was something else. I, I, I understand the motivation behind why Olive you know, never believed in herself. It's because her mom and final parent died when she was 15. She didn't have anybody else. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't have confidence. And she, she, her confidence only comes from Ann and Malcolm. Mm-hmm. And later on, Dr. Carlson. So, and her, her stupid grad professor, like her graduate advisor is worthless. Um, Who reminded me of the, 
the not Gimli. Gimli. The from the hating game, the not the Bexleys. Oh, the Gammon. The Gammon CEO. Yeah. She was a lot like that. Who yeah. was kind of like Alain. nicely holding her down. Yeah. To not like mm, you're important to me because you make my life easier, but I don't need you snipping at my heels. So right. I'm gonna keep you down. Exactly. Um and, so and be nice to you when I'm doing it. So I do cut Olive some slack that she didn't have her own confidence and she did she couldn't have built her own confidence. Her confidence will grow when her career grows. Yeah. She hasn't even gotten into her career because she doesn't have her PhD yet. Um so I think, you know, in twenty years she needs to be revisited. She'll be, you know, the confident graduate advisor who's really great with her students mm-hmm. and also probably pretty harsh because she will have taken advice from her husband and together they will they will rule the galaxy of Stanford. <laughs> um search your feelings. <laughs> and so I think yeah, he didn't have to change. I hope he didn't soften because yeah. he needed to be that harsh. And I think she's a she's an example of a character who's has no idea who she is outside of a lab. And that came across in the book. Mm-hmm. And so maybe maybe I judged her rather harshly because she's kind of a good character in that respect. She's well thought out. Um but that being said, I don't want to read a character who doesn't know yeah. who she is um, and spend that much time with it. All right. The BBL book boner level scale of one through five. I said two and a half to three and a half. Good buildup. Only one scene. That was okay. There could have been more. Two. Two. Yeah. Yeah. I like a slow burn. I I appreciated that their sex was on par with their characters, mm-hmm. so that made sense. Um, but it was, um, it was okay. I think I needed to see them, you know, have sex again, not for the first time. Yeah. I would have liked. I would have liked that because I like more sex on page than you do. Um, I'm starting to like it. I think that does a lot of character building. Yeah. And I think these two people need to connect through sex because I don't think they're great with words, either one of them. I agree. My last complaint <laughs> about romance <laughs> is why do women have such a hard time guesstimating a man's height? Have you ever noticed this? Like no. they never say how tall a man is. I don't. It's either, it's always, he's several. He's some inches taller, some inches north of six feet. Like, you, you really can't look at a man and say he's 6'4", because I can. I don't know. Maybe their significant others aren't tall and they don't want to hurt their feelings. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's like we, we all collect. I've done this, too, because it's what you're supposed to do. But I just realized, like, no, I can look at someone and know he's 6'3". I, I can look at someone and know he's 6'1". Like, I, I can tell. Maybe, like, not the difference between 6'1 and 6'2". But I can tell, you know, 
if he's, you know, five inches taller than six feet or one inch taller than six feet, that's a huge difference. Mm -hmm. You know, based on, you know, how you look up at them. It's true. But they're never like, I wonder. They're, (laughs) They're always wondering how tall he is and just marveling at his height without without ever stating it. And maybe that's so that the reader can like, whatever is the perfect height to whatever the reader. Whatever you like. Yes. But then they describe them as these hulking giants. And I'm like, oh, he's like 6'8 then. <laughs> and I think he's still supposed to be 6'1. Half Thor Bjornsson. Yes. <laughs> okay, I'm reading about Shaq. I got it now. <laughs> this is the picture I'm supposed to have. Oh, my God. To close out this, speaking of Shaq, I saw a reel of him on, uh, was it Jimmy? Yeah, it was on Jimmy Fallon. And he said, I think Stevie Wonder can see. <laughs> He's like, Jimmy Fallon's like, Shaq, what are you talking about? That's crazy. He's like, what are you talking about? He's like, look, we live in the same apartment oh. building in LA. And there's levels, like garage levels. Yeah. And I hit the wrong button. And I was stuck on the elevator, and then Stevie Wonder got on with me. And I didn't say a word. And he looked over to me, and he said, what's up, Big Diesel? And he's like, what the hell? <laughs> and then, this is on YouTube, actually, and I read the comment sections. Like, you know, just because you're blind doesn't mean you just see black. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, there's different, very, there's there's a spectrum of blindness. Oh, I never really thought about so that. So Stevie Wonder I know probably like saw legally blind. You just see things blurry. He but... probably saw Shaq's outline, and oh. there's no mistaking who that is <laughs> when you know he lives in your building. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you know that Shaq, <laughs> a house of a man. All right, I think that's a great place to end <laughs> on a light note. Yeah. I have no idea what movie we're watching. I don't think you do either. So it'll mm. be a surprise when it comes out. I next think we week. have to watch The English Patient because you just watched that Seinfeld <laughs> episode. How can you not like it? Because it, it sucked. sucked. <laughs> All right. Till next week. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>